And so it is on this day at the end of December 2022 that I am reminded greatly of a movie that once won the Oscar for Best Picture. It featured a man named Russell Crowe, and he delivered an iconic line. Are you not entertained? Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Ducks. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Oregon's 28-27 win in the Holiday Bowl against North Carolina. Wasn't that fun? I would like to start on this particular note. First of all, shout out to my mom and grandma for teaming up. Got the uh, Oregon blanket and pillow over there. Just like little little bits of gear. Just just, just, just a reminder of who we're talking about here on the show. But uh, anyway, but another reminder for all the people out there who have said time and time again, bull games don't matter. I call bull on that particular notion. Because did anyone watch that game and how it was playing out and think to themselves, who cares? I didn't. The players didn't. The coaches didn't. I hope none of you did. I'm sure some of you did just because that's the way the world works. But that's not the mindset I was in because I wanted to win that game going into it. And once it got going, I really wanted to win it. And here's, 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 here's one thing to think about. Think about how it feels right now to have ended the year on a win to get to 10 wins again for the third straight full season of college football compared to last year where we were 10-2 and two at the end of the regular season and ended the year 10-4. and four. For those of you who say, well, you know, do we really care about bowl games? as Which one of those things feels better for the program? Getting blasted in the Alamo Bowl by Oklahoma? Or winning a thriller, a game that a lot of people were watching, against North Carolina in San Diego in front of about 36,000 fans, most of whom were Oregon fans. Shout out to Duck fans, by the way, going down to that game. Enjoying a weekend in San Diego, supporting the Ducks. you love to see that. I was really, really pleased that that many people were at the game. It was fan-freaking-tastic. But again, I will ask you, how would it have felt if Oregon had walked away a 27-21 loser? Would I be in this good of a mood? The answer to that question is a hard no. Because I wanted Oregon to win that game. I think getting to 10 wins means something. I think Bo Nix being there and making the play at at the end of the game meant something. And it was an opportunity for players to work on stuff to get better, to get experience. How about Triquez Bridges having a phenomenal game? Joel Klatt was all over him. Joel Klatt couldn't get enough of Drake May in the first half, understandably so. Ducks defense made some adjustments, and Triquez Bridges was the guy that they couldn't stop talking about, mostly because he was six foot three, but also because he had a really, really good game. 
I'm going to get more to individual standouts tomorrow and talk big picture stuff here today on the show. And I want to start with that man, Bo Nix. Because after the Utah game, I came on this very show, sat in this very chair in this same room and said, Bo Nix, if he didn't have it already, deserves our respect as Oregon fans. Because he went out there at maybe 50% health and he went out there and fought and he scrapped and he clawed and he didn't think about himself. He thought about the team and he did everything he could to help the team win and guided Oregon to a victory. And he was doing the same thing again in this game in a quote unquote meaningless bowl game. Yeah. Okay. I don't buy it. Never have. Never will. You tell me it didn't mean something to the guys in that locker room who are going to be back next year. Not just that Bo Nix announced he would return, because Dan Lanning had indicated that we knew he was going to play. We didn't know if he was going to return, so it was always Bo's plan to play in this game. But seeing that performance for a guy who's going to be the starter next year, you don't think that gives them another level of belief in the locker room? Of course it does. Of course it does. And it should. Because... It wasn't Bo Nix's best game. It was not. That interception was wonky and funky and an amazing play. And it was all on Bo Nix. That was a bad read. That was a bad throw. He's got to turf it or shoot it out of the back of the end zone or take off and fall forward for a couple yards. But that guy kept playing. He didn't give up. He wanted to win that game because he knew what it meant to us to win that game because it feels a lot better to win than it does to lose. And that's what that guy continues to show us time and time and time and time and time again. He wants to win football games. He wants to go out there and compete. He wants to go out there and play. Represents the very best of college football. I absolutely love seeing that. By the way, if you're listening to or watching this, I honestly, legitimately, everybody, have no idea how I sound right now. Not because I can't hear, but because... It's been a long day of travel and watching the game, and I had a heart attack, and the ball hit the upright and went through, and it's just been a lot, and I've had to do a bunch of other shows, so I'm like kind of exhausted at the moment, giving you the pod anyway, because much like Bo Nix, I care about all of you, and I want you to enjoy Oregon football as much as possible, and I enjoyed that win, because Bo Nix went out there and again laid it on the line, and how about that play? How about that play at the end of the game? How about that drive at the end of the game? I mean, the offense had done nothing. I mean, they were stalled. Did not score in the third quarter. Mm, Not great. And yet Oregon walks out with a 28-27 win. Ironically, the last bowl game they played came down to the wire, was against a good opponent, and was also 28 to 27. Just kind of funny how college sports or sports in general work out sometimes. But how about that final play? Bo Nix facing all-out pressure. I actually like that defensive play call. Coda was the only guy even close to open. They had it covered really well. But Coda ran a good route. And Bo Nix hanging in there, again, not operating at 100%. And before I get to the that, that final play, I do want to touch on that component of what I've been talking about, that Bo Nix is not at 100%. There are some guys out there said, eh, no, I want to rest up my ankle, get ready for next year. No, not Bo. He looks at it as an opportunity to put on the Oregon uniform, go out there, compete with his teammates, 
And it's awesome. I love seeing that. It resonates with me as a fan. It resonates with me as a broadcaster when I'm calling a game and I see a guy give an all-out effort. It fires me up. I'm like, man, that guy cares. So I care. That sort of stuff translates through the screen. And Bo Nix's effort and commitment to this team came through that screen. And so did that hallowing, hollowing, whatever word I'm supposed to put there. I don't even know my brain's at 20% capacity. Sound that came through the TV when Camden Lewis doinked it off the uprights. Holy man. This is a G-rated podcast. So I'm not going to say everything that went through my head in that moment. But at the end of the day, it was relief. At the end of the day... It was relief because it went through, it worked. I would have rather it been clean, but alas, it was not. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I know what you're going to do. You're going to go check out my friends at Bet Online because if you'd bet that that ball had hit the upright, and gone through, I would have said, mm, I don't know, if we're hitting the upright, that's usually not a good thing, but it worked out. They don't have that specific wager at Bet Online, but it is still your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season and basketball in the World Cup. We've got it all at betonline.com. Net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Look at those pillows over there. The pillow and the blanket. Looks good, doesn't it? I'm going to have to work on the shot. Yeah, we'll figure that out later. Anyway. That's for people watching on YouTube. Uh, what's for everybody is Chase Cota's storybook ending there. That was his last college football game. He was uninvolved in the first half. I had many questions about what was taking place offensively after the first couple of drives. It was reminiscent of the Utah game a little bit. This whole game was kind of reminiscent of the Utah game, you know? The defense didn't look great early. They sure looked good in the second half. They didn't allow a touchdown in the second half. And I have criticized Oregon's defense many a times this year. Been a pretty easy thing to do. But what are you going to say about allowing six points to a future first-round NFL draft pick without your best pass rusher, best linebacker, or best corner from the season? Mm. I think all you can say is the defense played well, and they gave the offense a chance, and then Bo Nix stepped up and made the throws, made the reads, and he was really good and it started to click. But Chase Coda in his last college football game, playing for the team that his dad played for, gets us to a 10-win season with a fourth. It's such a Chase Coda play, isn't it? It's just a solid route, a great contested catch, and an awareness to know where he is, the body control to get the ball over the goal line just enough. Was it actually over? Yeah, probably. But regardless, Bo Nix is probably going to come in and sneak it anyway if we're on fourth and inches, or first and inches. Doesn't matter because Chase Cota got it. And I want to go back to this point again. People say, ah, oh, bowl season doesn't matter. Did you see the look on Chase Cota's face after he had that touchdown? Did you see how he was celebrating with his teammates? Did you see the look in his eyes when he was like, that's how my Oregon career is going to end. What a perfect ending for a guy who gave us a lot 
this year. Congrats, Chase, and uh, thanks for catching that ball. Heck of a throw by Bo Nix, by the way. Heck of a throw by Bo Nix. Let's talk about Dan the Man Lanning. Year one, he wins 10 games. Spencer, they won 10 games a year ago. Okay. If you go through the wins last year and compare them to the wins this year, there is no argument that you could justifiably make and say, last year was more impressive. I thought the coaching was better last year. Nope. Can't say it. Can't do it. Like Mike Singletary, can't do it. Cannot coach with him. Cannot play with him. Can't do it. You just can't. And the team has a lot of room to grow. We all understand that. We, we, we've got to stop having receivers run wide open, streaking down the field and allowing long touchdowns. Yep. Things to clean up. A lot of things were cleaned up in the second half. But there's room for improvement. But you have to be able as well to look at the improvement this team has already made. This team is better than last year's team. They won the same number of games, but who do you feel better about right now? Last year's team, after getting blasted not once but twice by Utah and losing the bowl game because you had an interim staff and, yeah, you had a lot of opt-outs as well, but eh, things just really didn't go very well in that game, or this year, where the two disappointing losses were by a combined, what was it, seven points? Six points? Something like that? I think it was 38-34. Might have been 38-34, but I don't know. Try to block those games out of my memory. Regardless, by a combined less than 10 points for the two disappointing losses of the year, throw George out the window, take a mulligan, and then you win the bowl game. And you win the bowl game after losing your offensive coordinator on a day where your quarterback is still not 100%, which limits your offensive playbook compared to what you know they were able to do earlier in the year. And you make plays when you need to, and you make stops when you need to. I, I mean, I saw a lot of things from Oregon's defense in that second half that I thought, take that over in the next year. And we got a good thing brewing. Because... That was an improvement defensively. Because, yeah, North Carolina came out, kind of punched you in the mouth a little bit. They're also gifted really good field position, a couple special teams. Man, oh, boy, what is going on? I could make a case right now. you got to work on special teams more than offense or defense. <laughs> like, man, what is going on over there? I just, holy smokes. But anyway, bringing this back to Dan Lanning. This is a better football team than it was a year ago. The program is in a better place than it was when the season began. I think the team has made great strides. I think they can continue to make them. And they're adding the sort of personnel that are going to help us with that down the road. And in the immediate future. And that's a good place to be. And it feels good. And it should feel good. Because Oregon won. Has won a bowl game since 2020. Before that weird thing called COVID happened. That's a good place to be. And I feel good about that. And I like putting up a 10-win season. I don't want to win fewer games than the Bees. I don't want to have a 9-4. and four. Like, imagine how you'd feel right now. If you're saying, like, oh, yeah, it was nice. 
you know, but it's not that. Imagine how you'd feel if it was nine and four and we lost three of our last four games. Would that feel great? Mm, not really. Is it program altering one way or the other? No. But would I rather win than lose? Every day of the week. That's why you play the game. You play to win the game. Right, Herm Edwards? Right. Um, by the way, Camden Lewis. <laughs> First of all, the field was crap. So let's maybe give him a pass on the missed field goal and the heart attack he gave us with that doink. <laughs> Looks the same. You chip in for par. It's still a par. It's not the way you drew it up. It's not a sustainable model going forward, but it's still a par. And Camden Lewis made the extra points. And one point was the difference. And I tell you, when that thing hit the upright, I I, I almost collapsed. Because it was such a stressful game. Frustrating at times. Thrilling in others. But it was kind of thrilling, then frustrating. And then the optimism was there. And then it was like, oh, no, the defense is going to allow another one of those drives. But then they get the stop. They get the stop we were looking for. And you're like, okay, Bo's got time. Bo's got three timeouts. First play, five yards. Okay, good. Second play, easy first down. Bo's starting to look like Bo again. Take a downfield shot. What a concept. Taking a downfield shot. Like, why did we... Two years in a row, different staffs. We waited until the fourth quarter to start throwing the ball down the field. I got nothing. I feel like the Joker when he's trying to blow up the hospital and he turns around and he throws his hands out and he's just... That scene was improvised, by the way, because the explosives didn't work properly at the start. But he played it perfectly, of course, because he was amazing. Greatest acting performance in history. R.I.P. Heath Ledger. But all that happens. T-Ferg, I continue to be a T-Ferg fan. I was a big supporter of his coming into this year. Mm, that was a great game. That catch and run, dude's a beast. Dude is just a beast. And then Bo just keeps picking him apart. Just boom. Boom, 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 boom. And then I liked the run call on third and four. I didn't like the run play selection where you pull two guys down in the red zone. It's like, dude, just you, you get you gotta just go straight. So I I, I would have gone bunch zone there. That that's I, I think a better red zone running play, not quite as long developing, but um then you come out on fourth and two. Bo gets it done. I'm jumping for joy. And then that thing hits the upright, and I'm just going, oh, my gosh. If that hit it. And then the defense had to take the field again, and we were all asking, like, what's about to happen? But the coaching staff, they managed it well. The 12 men on the field, that was bad, but not a colossal mistake. And they didn't get a field goal try off, knock the Hail Mary down, win the game. It was a whirlwind. It was it was a whirlwind. Uh couple of things that didn't go well, just kind of broadly speaking. Yeah, we get, yeah, we should, we should talk about those. I think there's a pretty good justification for both. I, I think there's a, I, that's what I'd like to think. I'd also like to think people won't drive whilst not sober, but they do it anyway. So let's say you're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many. 
evening comes to an end. People start to head out. You think of calling for, for a ride, but you think, nah, I live nearby. I can make it home okay. No big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? Even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, lose your license, lose your job, total your car, kill someone. A lot of bad things can happen. Everyone knows the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe, especially on New Year's Eve. Plan ahead to get a ride. Guys, Uber's available for everybody. Only takes one mistake to change your life for someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Okay, so about those things that are big question marks at the moment. There's a reasonable explanation for why the special teams... I thought the punting was better, but the kick coverage, kick returns... You know, Bucky had one or two decent ones, but overall, not a strength of the team. Josh Delgado not catching a punt that gets downed at the one. Just like a lot of blunders that are costing the Ducks in a big way. And there's a really simple explanation for that. It's that Oregon wasn't good at it last year. They weren't good at it this year, and it's a big priority in the offseason. All right, now that we got that out of the way, the other thing people were, myself included, understandably frustrated with, the offense. Now, it's almost as if, bear with me here, I'm going to go way off the rails. Oregon had someone calling plays who is not going to be the play caller going forward. I like Drew Maringer because he's the tight ends coach. He is not an offensive coordinator in waiting, and that's fine. We don't need him to be that. He did enough when he needed to to win this game. And for that, we say thank you and turn the keys over to Will Stein because that stagnant offense in there was lacking creativity it was lacking cleverness. Most importantly, it was lacking the correct philosophy that made Oregon's offense successful this year, which was indeed running the ball first, but then using that to set up shots down the field. And they just weren't there. There's no explanation for it. And then once you're down 10 in the fourth quarter, they decide, hey, maybe we should go downfield to some of these really good receivers. Troy Franklin, draws two pass interference penalties that push the ball down the field. You completed another pass to Chase Coda. You got the ball to Ferguson who made a big catch and run. You zipped one into the end zone. What a catch that was from Troy Franklin for the touchdown. Gosh, is that guy good. He's really, really excellent. There is no explanation for why the offense changed that way other than you had a guy calling plays who has not been a play caller this year and will not be a play caller going forward. And that's okay, because here's what I know about Drew Maringer. He got us 28 points, and we only allowed 27. That's all we needed. Here's the other thing. He coaches the tight ends. What about, other than Patrick Herbert's missed block on that third and one deep in our own territory after the punt was downed at the one, we ended up getting a first down anyway. That was a whole debacle. Interesting choice from the refs there. But anyway, um, Patrick Herbert misses the block. That doesn't happen very often. But at what point during his tutelage coaching that position group have you thought, man, I don't feel like there's any talent or that the tight ends aren't well coached. T-Ferg was called for a hold today. 
Quick, name me the last time he was called for a hold. I don't know either. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if he was called for a hold this season. So I, I'm perfectly fine with him. You know, I don't want him off staff. Or like, oh, he was terrible. This, like, no. Here's what he isn't: an offensive coordinator ready and waiting. Yeah, we don't need him to be that. And Oregon's offense looked like a unit that had a good game plan, by the way. They came out, marched right down the field early in the game, had a missed field goal, didn't convert on a fourth down when Bo was not quite into the swing of things. And then when they needed to, came up clutch, made the adjustments a little late, but made the adjustments. And defensively, there were a lot of adjustments. So I I think there were a lot of good things from Oregon in this game. I'll continue talking about them this week because I think there were a lot and they all deserve their you know their their time in the sun and whatnot but i'm gonna call it there for now because as i said kind of exhausted but always working hard as hard as i possibly can for all you duck fans who i appreciate very much i will see you next time have a wonderful rest of your day and go ducks